welcome back to the Two Average Gyms podcast, the unofficial University of Georgia football podcast. We are here for episode three, fired up today. We got, we're even closer to the schedule starting for the uh, season. Mm-hmm. We've got a ton to cover today, full slate. We're doing position groups today, uh, some gambling picks. We've got some questions from yeah, listeners some- and viewers. Uh, but it's great to be back here, Travis Fulton's Stripe Show Podcast Studios, TF1, we like to call it. Uh, beautiful spot. We've got Jimmy Evans, our producer, along with us again, so he hasn't left us yet. That's three. <laughs> Episode three, here we are. Even though he is a, a, a Florida guy, he's putting up with this and uh, doing a hell of a job. Jimbo, great to he be is. back. Episode yeah. three, here we go, man. Glad to be back. Uh, excited for a jam-packed show. Uh, like Big Jim said, we're going to do some position group reviews, give out some grades for each position group on kind of where we think they stand before the season. Um, like you said, listener questions. You guys sent in a ton of good questions. Excited to get to that. Um, we've got a great interview with current Georgia tight end Ryland Goaty. Um, that will be a great interview. We're excited to have him on, um, ask him some questions, and he's got some stuff he wants to share as well. And then next week, I don't know if you want to introduce who we're going to have next we week. Next week, we've got a, another great guest coming on. Is the, yeah. You guys, we've talked about it the last uh, couple of episodes that we're building this guest list, and we're, uh, we've got some great folks. Uh, and thanks to Marcus Roseby last week, mm-hmm. uh, Ryland coming on today. Next week, we've got Marcus Stroud coming on to join us in our preview game before the Oregon yep. uh, deal for our Oregon show. So he's coming in in studio here, which should be great. Yeah. He'll be uh, uh lively guy. Going to be – I think that's going to be a good one too. Yeah, first uh, in-studio interview. It's going to yep, be fun. Yep. Going to be great. Pumped about that. So yeah. uh, what else before we get into the – I think the only issues? thing before we get mm-hmm. in, just uh, like every episode, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 2AverageGyms, T-W-O, Average Gyms. And uh, we're going to be putting out, you know, merch drops soon, like we said last week, some contests, some giveaways – um, we're just putting the final touches on some of that stuff that we have for you. So we're very excited. Um, follow us along. You guys have done a great job of sharing our stuff, commenting, engaging, um, and everything. And we really appreciate it. So thank you guys. Um, you know, you guys keep the show alive. So we really appreciate y'all. And uh, we're excited to keep going. And I think we can kind of get into it for episode cool. three now. Yeah, well said. Thank you to everybody out there as well from me. Um, so... We're going to split this up into offense, defense, and we've got mm-hmm. something kind of cool, a little different tonight because we have a couple of sponsors that we're going to talk about for a second yeah. here. So uh, our offensive sponsor, uh, the offensive sponsor tonight for the review is Atlantic Chiropractic. Uh, great operation here in town in Jacksonville, up off of Hodges and, and uh, Atlantic Boulevard. For those of you that are local, Go see Dr. Crosby and Dr. Blake. They're fantastic. They're all about healing. They're all about coaching you up on what you can do to be preventative. Uh, but you go in there, man, it's a great vibe. Jimbo, I know you've been there. I've been there a lot. Um, you know, I'm a little bit older. You get older. You got issues. Mm-hmm. You head in there. You don't feel good. You come out of there. You feel great. I don't know what. They're just fantastic. So go see those guys. And a big thanks to them for sponsoring the office offense uh, tonight. Yeah. Um, and you like can find them. You can find them at AtlanticChiropractor.com. Yeah. AtlanticChiropractor.com. Good. So, Jimbo, let's start off. I think it's important. I think every team knows that the, the key position. Right. There's a number of key positions. Mm-hmm. Coaches are important. Everybody's important. Equipment managers are very important. 
But I, every, everybody knows that on the team, the most important position, right, of all that goes into it is quarterback. So we're yep. going to start there. Yeah. Um, Jimbo gave this uh, this group we did a, we did a little um, grading of each area, and Jimbo gave us an A minus, and uh, we'll get into that. Um, but you know, you, you take a look at our quarterback room, right? You mm-hmm. got Stet coming back, which yeah. is his nineteenth year. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's poised. Mm-hmm. He's done it. Yeah. He's proven himself. The guy's a stud. Yeah. Um, and I think what you've seen with Stead is every year he's gotten better. The game slowed down a little bit. Even last year when he really took control of the starting quarterback position again, you know, he got better every game. You know, obviously the SC championship, he didn't play very well. We didn't play very well as a team. But I think with a, yet another year of experience, the game's going to slow down for him. You know, like you said, he has been at Georgia for 84 years. Yeah. So – the game's going to be slower naturally, but he can use his legs. He's very smart, and we have a lot of weapons on offense still. Um, even after losing a couple guys to the NFL last year, we returned most of our production on that side of the ball. So, to me, I see him having a similar year production-wise or potentially better. It's another year with Todd Munkin. They have a very good relationship. Um, I know for what Todd Munkin wants to do, get the ball out quick, put defenses in some stressful conflict situations um, by running a lot of crossing concepts, mesh concepts, getting the back involved, getting a lot of tight ends involved. That puts a lot of defenses in a stressful spot. And Stetson throws a catchable ball. He can push the ball downfield, as we've seen. And I I truly think he's going to have another great year. Yeah, I agree. And I I think the Munkin thing, is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right? Get that consistency now. Third right. year, Todd's in there just doing a hell of a job. Mm-hmm. And to add to just the group grade, um, I, I gave it an A- minus because obviously Stead is a great quarterback. We have him coming back. He's experienced. But our quarterback depth is really, I think, what might be the strongest point of this position group. Um, we have quarterback depth that other, other schools would probably dream for. You know, you look at Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, and Gunnar Stockton, those were all top 150 recruits. Mm-hmm. And now in the days of the transfer portal, it's hard to keep one of those guys on a roster. So if Stett were to go down with an injury or maybe he's just struggling in a game, I feel confident about the guys that we have on the bench to come off and, you know, provide a spark or – just provide they've got a little bit of experience and I think they're just valuable to have it's the most important position and we have depth that I believe not a lot of other teams have yeah and I think um I think the competition in camp has gotten tighter between Mm -hmm. Carson and Brock from the stuff that we're hearing right yeah it's tightened up a little bit to show Mm -hmm. that Brock's really made up some ground there because you know Carson's been Carson's been doing well yeah he has I mean, he did well last year. Going into last year, he was the number two behind JT mm-hmm. and was in line to start that game against UAB. Right. Last second change of heart by our staff, and Stetson jumped in there and started and, you know, tied the record for most touchdown passes in a game, which was great. But Carson is very talented, and um, I, Brock is too. So we could potentially have two great number two options. Um so I think I just I think we're in good hands overall at the quarterback position, especially 
you know, Stetson does like to escape the pocket. He uses his legs. He runs um, when we run the zone read a little bit here and there. So that obviously raises a little bit of chance of an injury. So I feel great about where we're at depth-wise and really performance-wise. Health is going to be key for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd hate to see Stet go down. I'll have to change gears. But if it did, you know, I think we're in decent shape there. Yeah. So let's let's move to wide receivers, mm-hmm. guys that used to throw to quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and you you know we've got a ton. It seems like we right? yeah we ton, we have a ton of ton of guys guys there. I <coughs> some, mean it's some a good big stories, position group. Some good stories there. Some sad, kind mm-hmm. of sad story with Arian. Arian just yeah getting hurt and he was he was going to be an impact and, guy. Oh god, and that guy just flies. Yeah, he does. Um. But t- tell us about the receivers. So, for the receivers, I gave this grade, and I obviously am very biased towards the wide receivers. That's who I worked with. I love those guys. I gave them a B minus. Now, it's mainly because lack of experience, not so much a lack of production, because all these guys that I'm about to name off were involved last year. A.D. Mitchell, Kiaris Jackson, Lad McConkey, Marcus Rosemey, Obviously, Arian Smith was going to be in that group. He just got hurt. But those guys all contributed last year. But, you know, AD being the biggest contributor, he's the leading receiver out of the receiver room for Georgia. I think he can step up and be a true number one. I think he's going to surprise some people. He is a stud. He's got pretty much everything you would want in a receiver. Um, And I think he can kind of rise to our number one guy. But – we're going to need some guys to step up. You know, like Marcus had a good year last year. He was still coming off of an injury. Um, I expect him to take the next step. He's got the talent, and we're going to need that. Lad took a big step forward mm, last year. year. A huge year. And I think, you know, he just needs to take on a much bigger role. He's going to be in there a lot more. He split some time last year with him and Jermaine Burton. Obviously, Jermaine's gone. And then Kiaris, he's going to have to play probably the biggest role he's ever had to play at Georgia. He's been there for a while. He's going to be a great senior leader. Uh, but all in all, you know, we just need very productive reps out of those guys. And I think they'll deliver, but just the fact that we ha- have been banged up, <clears throat> excuse me, in the past there. And, you know, I, I think with AD becoming the number one, I think that will help a lot of those other guys, um, you know, get open and, and be and be able to contribute. And the other guy I'll mention is uh, Dominic Blaylock, who was a phenomenal contributor his freshman year. He's is a he stud. Five-star? Yeah, uh, yeah, five, borderline five. Yeah, I, yeah. He's good. At, he he should have been a five-star yeah. if he wasn't. Um, <clears throat> him coming off injury I think will help. And he's – I mean – you know, it's a it's a tough mental battle sometimes coming off of a knee injury like that twice, um, especially when you're at a position when you're running and cutting a lot like Dom is from the slot. So we're hoping he uh, he can have a great year. I think he will. And then one other guy I want to mention that we've been hearing is turning heads at camp is Dylan Bell, mm-hmm. freshman receiver out of Texas. Um, big, big-bodied kid. I think he's going to have a great year um, and be one of the kind of key freshmen to contribute on the team this we year. have freshmen contributing every year i mean it's we awesome, do we do right? in yeah the running back area and mm-hmm. in the wide receiver i mean all over the field but yeah specifically you know you take a skill position like those and you don't you wouldn't say with depth with recruiting with like what georgia's got what we have right you wouldn't see freshmen seeing the field but we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing it and i think into our next group here yeah 
we're going to see some freshmen this year. And yes. Just the tough yeah. news about the freshman Andrew Paul just got yeah. hurt. A real bummer. He looks to be out for the year with a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the guy – so, first of so all – So, getting into the running backs, um, I gave that grade a B because we have a great one-two punch mm-hmm. with Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton – but the rest of the backfield isn't really as proven. We've seen Dejon Edwards in kind of cleanup duty the last couple of years, and he's flashed. I mean, he's shown tough runner, really good stretches, tough runner. Reminds me of um, Harrion. Yep. No. Yeah, very similar. Um, and then we obviously added this fall Branson Robinson, stud freshman running back, and Andrew Paul, who both were actually in line to play a role this year mm-hmm. of, of what we've heard and. And like you said, unfortunately, in the scrimmage, Andrew Paul went down with an ACL injury. Um, and, you know, we hope for a speedy recovery. That It just it stinks when that happens to freshmen. You're right there at the beginning of the season. And, you know, it, it's just tough. So that's going to, you know, take, uh, take a toll on the depth of our backfield. But I still think we have four very capable guys that can carry the football. I think Branson Robinson is going to be – Really, something. Mm-hmm. He's a specimen this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he's he's gonna he's gonna play a role this year. And when, if you hear coaches in press conferences to get a little key on wh- who might play early, if they say things like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna help us this year," or like just that line right there, that means they're already gonna be in the game yeah. plan. And that's a big endorsement. That's a big endorsement for the young guys. Um, if the coaches are saying that now, so. Um, I know Coach McGee has said that about the young guys. Obviously, Andrew Paul is going to be out of the picture now. But I really do also think that Kenny McIntosh will be one of the most important pieces, like just on the offense Period. in general. Yeah. He is so dynamic, and, and he'll be great. So um, I think we got to keep him out of the return game. Yeah, I, 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 we probably will. That's normally what we've done yeah. in the past. Elijah Holyfield. Um, held down a return role for a while when he got kind of into the feature back group. We phased him out of that. But you never know. I mean, Zamir White was uh, off returner his whole career at Georgia, mm-hmm. even this past year when he started. Yeah. So um, I just worry about the injury there because he's, he, you know, we don't have another back like him, per right. se. So I want to protect him. Kendall's been a little bit he's been up here Yeah, there, he's, he's been up. hampered by injuries. Um, not, I mean, he's playing, you know, seven, eight games a year. Um and I, boy, if he's healthy, it'd be great to see him have a. Have yeah, because he's dynamic too. I mean, he's better out of the backfield than people think. Yeah. And he's a, I mean, he's huge. Yeah. He's 6'2, like 210, 220. He might be and bigger than that. Yeah, he <laughs> might even be bigger. So well, I Papa, agree. If, well, if, Papa Milton's a big boy. boy oh, that, yeah. That, that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shout out, with out him to the Miltons. Yeah. <laughs> the Miltons, they miss him. Yeah, old Papa Milton, that, that guy, he looks like he can go in and play in the he is damn awesome. game today. Yeah, we've had some great talks yeah. with yeah, him, great times with him. All right, so um, next we're going to go. Running backs, or you gave that a solid B. Yeah. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So now this is this one's probably the easiest thing to grade <laughs> in the yeah. history of Georgia football. Yeah. The tight end room at Georgia right now has got to be up there with the best tight end rooms ever. Yeah. Uh, they. I gave them an A+. Plus. I think they're the best position unit in college football. Yeah. There's really not much to say here. Other than, like Coach Smart likes to say, they are elite in every way, shape, or form. You've got Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, Oscar Delp, Brett Seether, Ryland Gody. 
huge. I mean, they're all very talented players, and just they're they're great guys from knowing all them personally. Uh, but they can all get it done in a game. I mean, all of them. And we have dynamic pass catchers. They're also very good at run blocking. They're good at pass protection. And some of them are great route runners, and all of them are good route runners. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, they're very dynamic. I know a lot of Georgia fans have made the jokes that we'll go to a four tight end set, which we I think we could actually do that. Um, but Coach Smart had a good point. I don't know if we would be able to recruit wide receivers anymore if we just had four tight ends on the field yeah. a lot of the time. But uh, nonetheless, it's, it's just a very talented group, and I'm very excited to see what we do with them this fall i'm excited for one of these guys in this room to be talking to us today mm-hmm. ryland being That's our right. special guest a big thank you to him for coming yeah. on uh later on in the show so we're pumped up about that a plus no brainer yeah I mean, it's gonna easy. be something else yeah i mean i mean if really, they stay healthy it's not even close they're the best position group yeah and then i i think our second best position group i know you didn't grade it that way but i would grade this one higher the offensive line I would grade it higher than a B plus. I gotcha. think our offensive line is solid. I, yeah. I think we're going to really do, you know, as long as we're healthy. Mm-hmm. I think we will really do well on the front line. I yeah. really do. I, 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 I do think too. You could give that an A minus to tie the quarterback. Yeah, that's probably that's probably true. Broderick Jones at left tackle, he's a stud. I've uh, word out of camp. We had a lot of NFL scouts go to practice, and um, Broderick Jones' name was probably brought up the most along with Darnell Washington, Kenny McIntosh was up there. Obviously, the people talk about Jalen Carter and Keeley. They're kind of more known products. They've mm-hmm. been on the field more. But mm-hmm. these guys saw um, Broderick Jones, very impressed with his athleticism, his speed, his size, his strength. He's a solid left tackle, um, hoping he can stay healthy. You go to left guard, Devin Willock, which he hasn't really played a ton. Massive massive human being I mean he got recruited as a tackle and Georgia's done this in the past where we recruit some guys at tackle we move him to guard just like Tate Ratledge who's going to be starting at right guard um, but they're just massive guys for playing guard but they're also very athletic mm-hmm. and we cross train our linemen to really be able to play any position um, but I would agree with you the O-line I think is going to be great we don't have a ton to replace Cedric Van Pran at center is a veteran behind him Warren Erickson he started at center and at guard for us in previous years it's great to have him in the rotation as kind of a utility guy Mm -hmm. first lineman you know we're going to need it right him and Xavier Truss I think will be the first guys kind of off the bench and then at right tackle we've got Warren McClendon he's been a starter ever since he really got to campus he's a great dude um, and then, obviously, we have the five-star Marius Mims behind him. So I really do think we have depth at the right positions here. And I agree that that probably should be an A-. minus. I probably graded that a little too low. Um, but, yeah, so that kind of wraps up the offense. That's the offense. And I think before we go into the defense, we want to do a couple listener questions. Let's do some Q&A. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe I can get Jimmy to – Put another water in there, if possible. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, let's uh, get to this Q&A. Yeah, this will be so something we, fun. We're trying to get you guys to give us some ideas here. Obviously, we want criticism. We want anything you got. and Give us some good questions here to bring up. And um, We got a nice turnout. We got a bunch right out of the box. Yeah, we did. Um, thank you for everybody that 
sent in a question. Um, we thought this would be a good interactive idea. So first question comes from Clark from Bainbridge, Georgia. Clark was one of my best friends in college, still is one of my best friends, was a manager with me. And he started us off with a great question, which is, which three players, in your opinion, will be the most impactful in the three phases of the game, offensively, defensively, and special teams? It's a great question. Great question. Um, do you want to start out? I would say, Clark, that's something, man. Solid question. Well thought out. Yeah. Well written. It really is. So we're saying for this Just season, the most important player on offense, oh, oh, defense, okay. and I have my three. Okay. Um, you go ahead. Okay. And then I'll follow you up. For the offense, I think it's going to be Kenny McIntosh. He's so dynamic. We, we love to run the ball. We need that part of our game. He's also so good at pass pro and catching the ball that I think we can move him around, put some defenses in some stressful situations. And I think if he can stay healthy – um, having a feature back like that in our offense is very important. So I think he is the key to the offense. Um, for defense, I think it's Jalen Carter. And I think Jalen Carter might be the most important player on the team. Um, if he can basically cement our pass rush and be as good as I think he can be in a lot of other – I mean, people are talking about him as a top three pick. They've said that since he stepped on campus. Mm-hmm. So – I think he is going to impact the defense um, in, I don't know, just a a monumental way because we are a little bit younger in the secondary. So what do you do to combat those problems? You sack the quarterback and you don't have to let him throw. So um, those are my offense, defense, and special teams. I think it's going to be the freshman punter or really whoever ends up winning the starting job um, if it is – Thorson, the freshman, I think it'll be him because that's a big phase of the game. When you got to flip the field, you got to execute just a solid punt. Um, we had Jake Camarda for four years. All American. All American, very good punter. So to kind of fill his shoes and make such a big impact, I think that, um, that to me would be my three. I should have gone first. Because uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to go. Um, uh, for sure, Kenny McIntosh and the punter situation. I'll change mine on the fly. Okay. Because uh, I don't want to have the same ones. I would say on offense, it's Stett. Yeah. Um, I still believe Quarterback. It's, I still believe it's Stett. Mm-hmm. Everything's going through him. Yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't have to have a great year. Mm-hmm. He just If he has a good year, I mean, that's, you know, we're in great shape. Um, on defense, I think it's Jamon. Dumas Johnson. I, yeah. I, I, I think that guy. I mean, yeah. Jalen Carter, we, the guy's like, mm-hmm. he's a stud. We know right. that. He's, yeah. he's a first-rounder, top 10, top 5, top 3. Who, who knows? Yeah, who, yeah. Between now Still got and a season right? to play. Nobody was saying Trayvon was going one last year. That's true. Right now. Yeah. Right. So maybe Jalen does it again and repeats. Yeah. yeah. But we know that, right? Known commodity. We know he's a huge part. But you look at what's going on at linebacker for us. And you see you guys stepping up, and he's stepping up. Like right? everything we're mm-hmm. hearing, he's stepping up. We need him to have a big year. Continue that tradition of the guys we've had back there with the Nicobies and the Roquans mm-hmm. and, and the other guys. I know I'm leaving all the names out, but um, and then special teams. I was also going to say the punter. Okay. So I I um, I think that I'll I'll change from that and I'll go kick return. I think is is going to be mm-hmm. punt return, kick return is going to be key because I don't think you can spend. I don't think you can put Kenny back there. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't I, think so either. He, he, he's not as sturdy as Zeus, okay? I don't think. And he's going to touch the ball 20, 25 times a game. Yeah, his carries are going to go up a lot. Plus out of the backfield stuff, right? So he's yeah. he's going to – His tw- snaps are going to go up a lot, probably double. So you're talking about a guy that we just – we don't want him out of mm-hmm. the game. So right. the return right. game, I think, is going to be key. Kyrus, obviously – Mm-hmm. Money, yeah, but we need it'll some probably other guys. be Kiaris. Kiaris, uh, maybe Lad, maybe Lad. Lad. Kiaris and Lad switch off, and sometimes Lad is the off returner too. So we'll see. Um, but I love those answers. Yeah. And uh, to get a to keep us going, a couple more questions here. Um, Patrick from Athens, Georgia. Shout out, Patrick! Thanks for sending in some great questions. This one is primarily for you, Big Jim. Um, what are some of the must-see and fun things to do when walking around or tailgating before a game? Mm, well, I didn't get to take part in many yeah, you times like that, that. So yeah. this is for you. I'll let you take this okay. one. Okay. Uh, Patrick, thanks for the uh, question. And if it's the Patrick that I think it might be, great to hear from you. Um, I would say – uh, we would hit a number of spots uh, as far as the local scene there, whether it be right on um, uh, College Avenue or mm-hmm. right on um, – God, I'm losing my train of thought on the other cross street there where the bars were that we pop into. But places we would hit, we mean we like going to Amici early. We like going yeah. to um, uh, the place. We like going to uh, Life is Good. Um the new place that opened up, uh, Paloma. Paloma. Yeah, yeah, Paloma, Paloma Park. Yeah. Man, that place was awesome. Yeah. That setup. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I missing here? You guys did a couple of tailgates kind of like in the Myers Quad era. Oh, yes, yeah, far as tailgates. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That yeah. stuff. There's a there's a number of great spots. You can't go wrong with a tailgating. I mean, right, tailgating yeah. is it's, elite. It's awesome. I mean, it's really good it's all awesome. over the place. And getting out of COVID and getting back to normal, it's great to see everybody it out is. there. It is. Stuff everywhere. Um, so there's a lot of places for that. Yeah. And, and the beauty of it is you can go anywhere you want when you show up. You just you, you don't have to have your own. Right. People welcome you into theirs, and there's big screen TVs and all the food you want, and whatever you want to drink. It's fantastic. Um, so two more questions. This one from another uh, great buddy of mine, Best Bud Jackson. He, uh, he was a manager with me, roommate, just like Clark, me, Jackson, and Clark, three musketeers at times. Um, so Jackson said, who is the best assistant coach during your time at UGA and why? Which is a great question. We've mm-hmm. had a lot of great assistants. Um, just to name a couple that are now head coaches, Shane Beamer, Mel Tucker, Dan Lanning, Sam Pittman, Sam Pittman. Um, I would say it's close. Um, I would say it's probably Todd Munkin because I think he had to take the toughest situations in the most pressure situations. Like this past year, we had quarterback injuries. He had to deal with game plan switching at the last minute. The the pressure was on this past season to win a national championship. Sure. And so I think what he was able to do this past year with relatively new personnel – um, still had, it's not like he'd been our offensive coordinator for years. Um, I think he did a great job of handling the relationships within the offense and just always executing a good game plan. And he really wasn't afraid to, you know, open it up at times. And 
he put together some clutch drives. I mean, you look at the last drive in the national championship. He's the play caller. Well, really, the fourth quarter drive where Brock Bowers scored the touchdown from Steph. Great call. Great. I mean, third and one, and you're thinking, well, Georgia's definitely going to run here, run the damn ball. That's what Georgia does. Let's go. And, you know, play action. Crafty. To Brock for a touchdown. I don't think many people are expecting it, but I would say – just because if he came in COVID year, had the quarterback debacle then, no spring, I think we probably overachieved on offense in 2020 for what we had. And then also um, for him just putting together 2021 with his first spring and a little bit of the personnel coming back, the quarterback struggles and, and other injury struggles too. So I would say him with uh, Mel Tucker being a close second, he was a very good defensive coordinator. Um and then last question for today from Weston, another great buddy of mine. Um, so let's see. He's, he sent in quite a few questions. We're only going to answer <laughs> one of these, Weston. <laughs> he's, had, um, he's had a quiet afternoon. Yeah. But um, let's see here. Here's, a, here's kind of a, a funny one. Um, what was your least favorite task as an equipment manager? And I think everyone would agree with me. This is probably unanimous by all equipment managers is just doing the laundry of 200, well, 130 players and then like 80 staff members after a practice when it's been 100 degrees out and you've got to wash all the dirty clothes and everything. It's just, it's terrible. So that is by far the worst part. Um, I definitely... you know, paid some younger managers to take over my laundry shifts in the past because I didn't want to do them. But um, thank you guys for the questions. We're going to come back to that, I hope, pretty much every episode yeah. based on um, how many questions we get sent. But thank you guys so much for sending those in. And now we're going to get in get to the defense. the defense. Yeah, thanks for the questions, guys. We will keep doing that. Maybe we can slide one in at the end if we have enough time. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to keep this a little shorter than last week for you all out there. Uh, and then – Next week we'll have the you know the pregame and we'll be rolling, but we're doing yeah. we're doing pretty good here. Yeah, we are. So uh, defensive review is brought to you by Movement Mortgage and the Big Cat Carlos Wilcox. Uh, yes, sir. He is a top mortgage professional in the state of Florida, and he's here in Jacksonville. And if you have any needs, you're buying a house or looking to refinance. I think they do mostly purchase stuff, but they do do some refinance stuff. Reach out to Movement Mortgage. Reach out to Carlos. He is a dog. He's he is a huge dog fan. He's been with me at national championship, uh, SEC championships, yeah, Athens, Athens, um, everywhere. And he and he's the big cat. That's his nickname. He is. And he may may very well make an appearance on the show yeah. at some point. Yeah, um, as our own very own big cat. Mm-hmm. So Carlos, thanks for that. And Movement Mortgage, phenomenal company. They're in the community. They're all about the community. You got to check them out. Movement.com. Just movement.com. So, Jimbo, let's get into the D. We're going to start with the D line. Yep. Uh, started in the trenches. Yep. And you're giving this a B minus or a C plus. Um, I'm a C plus student, so <laughs> B minus and C plus are similar. Yeah. Uh, I would have preferred to be a B minus student. So, I don't know where you're going to land on there, but – we know about Jalen Carter, right? Yeah. Stud. Mm-hmm. So tell us, are we going C plus or B minus, and what's the deal here? Uh, so I kind of – I was undecided. I don't know. I, f- I figured maybe we would figure this out on the fly. But um, probably probably B minus. 
Um, I'm never going to give my guys a lower grade if I don't have to. Yeah. But um, obviously Jalen Carter's got most of the experience. He's very talented. He can anchor that D-line. Behind that, we don't have a ton of experience because you lose the likes of Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, Trayvon <laughs> Walker. Very hard to kind of overcome those losses. That's three first-round picks, a number one overall pick, All-Americans. I mean, tough to overcome that stuff. So behind Jalen, I think Zion Logue and Nazir Stackhouse will be guys that will play a lot. I think um, also Ingram Dawkins will be featured, and Michael Williams, the five-star freshman. Bear Alexander will be in there. I think Warren Brinson, Jamel Wathauer, some of those guys. Um, but – my point is they haven't gotten a, a ton of reps, you know, in, in meaningful situations. So I think the talent is there. It's more so the inexperience in meaningful snaps, you know, first half of games. They, they played a lot last year because we beat teams pretty badly last year. But um, which I think that'll kind of advance their learning curve this year. But that's basically my reason for the grade. It's not a talent thing. It's an experience thing. We play in the SEC. You win the games in the trenches. So, that uh, you know, that's really it. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the, the thing that Kirby's built here is you look at the recruiting year over year, and you look at the talent, the athletes that are there. When these guys come up, and you, you bring a good point there, you didn't, you didn't necessarily see some of these names in primetime. No. Because they were playing – Later in the game, when, mm-hmm. we, were, when yeah. we were, you know, we were up considerably, and you put those guys in. Kirby rolls those guys in. They're like a lot of coaches. A lot of good yeah. coaches will do that. Get them some reps. Get them mm-hmm. on the field, right? Breathing on the grass and everything. The, these guys are they're ready. Like the talent's there. They're ready. And now it's their now it's their chance. So I feel like a little bit of excitement there. Mm-hmm. You got sure. these guys that now have a chance to step up and do their thing. Right yeah. now, I'm going to go be a number one pick. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, me too. I think my. Uh, Mikel or is Mike? I think it's I think it's Michael Williams. Michael or Mikel. Not Mikel. I can't remember. I can't either. Sorry. Uh, I <laughs> sorry, Michael. I think he's gonna Mikhail. be. I think he and Bear are my two guys to watch. Yeah, they're gonna. Right they're there. both very talented, and uh, I'm very excited to watch them too. All right, so now we're gonna move into outside linebackers. Uh, yep. Jimbo, you're going with a solid B here. Yeah. Um, Big addition of Marvin Jones Jr. Obviously, we've got two studs coming back: Nolan Smith, the preseason All-American, yeah. and Robert Beal is yeah. no sleeper either. No, he led the team in sacks last yeah. year, and he's we had five first-rounders on defense. And he's having a hell of a camp. Yeah, he is, and he was at one time in the transfer portal. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's it's good he's stuck around, and he's you know he's uh, he's gonna have a big year, I think. Uh, I think him and I think Nolan will have a big year. And the reason for the B, again, this is more of an experience thing, not a talent thing. Nolan and Robert Beal will be great off the edges, but behind that, um, we don't have as much experience depth wise. We got Marvin Jones Jr., who's a freshman, Chaz Chambliss, who is played a little bit last year. He's just, I think he's a breakout candidate for this year. He's a stud. And then MJ Sherman, CJ Madden, and Darius Smith. Um, C.J. Madden and Darius Smith, young guys. M.J. Sherman, been there a couple years. He was a five-star. Um, you know, I think he could be a breakout candidate, too, kind of waiting for him to come into his own. Um, 
he's a hell of a player. He's contributed a lot on special teams, and he's gotten reps. So I think he could have a good year. But this was more so um, ex- lack of experience depth. Not lack of depth, but – like I said, we have the talent there. It's it's mainly just like what everybody talks about in the media. We got to replace fifteen NFL guys and five first rounders on the defensive side. So yeah. that's kind of the it's kind of the reason for it. Yeah. So what you're hearing here is like I think a lot of people that don't maybe know the team or the roster as well that are Georgia fans and then the folks that are not Georgia fans just assume because of our recruiting that you know they're going to be stellar, right? I mean, right. We're preseason number three. Mm-hmm. National chance, whatever. I mean, that's about where we should be. Maybe yeah. two, maybe one. I mean, you could or make an argument anyway, but mm-hmm. three's fine. Yeah. But what you're hearing at each position here, for the most part, almost all these groups, right? The grades we're not just throwing A's and A pluses to everybody because of not talent, but experience. Mm-hmm. So it's a and Kirby talks about. Yeah. We're we're young. This is a young team. I need leaders to step up. We need people to step up. And they're starting. I think they're starting to see that guys are starting to forge themselves out as leaders. Yeah. Uh, but we have that's a theme in, in just about every single position group in here. Yeah. So go inside linebackers. Mm-hmm. I think this may be one of the biggest key groups after losing, obviously, Nicobe Dean, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, three guys that had a lot of experience over the years. They were leadership anchors and. They're all going to the NFL. So I gave the inside linebackers a B- minus due to losing so much production and probably having the most inexperienced group on the team. Like I said, this is another one. The talent is there, and they may have the growth potential to end up being one of the best position groups on the team with Glenn Schumann getting these guys ready. He's very good. Um, We've got a couple breakout candidates there too. Jamon Dumas-Johnson, Smile Mondin. I think they will be probably the top two on the depth chart, followed by Tresman Marshall. He's going to, I think, be the third guy to rotate in a lot. And Xavion uh, Sori, young, talented guy who came in as an outside linebacker, is now an inside linebacker. And then Ryan Davis has been there for, I think, four years. Um, same with Tresman. They came in in the same class. They've been hampered by injuries. Talented, fast guys haven't been able to play that much. So, um, again, it's um, it's just a lack of experience. There. My, th- my thought here on this one, Jimbo, and, is – And, and Jalen Walker, I think, could be a freshman that helps out on the defense. Uh, my thought here is you got a high ceiling here. Yeah. We need health, right, and reps. Yep. Yeah, I, I think uh, very high ceiling, lots of talent. It'll be fun to watch these guys. And – you know, they got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in some ways because they, they're following these, these yeah. greatness. And they they got to fill those shoes. They wanna, exactly. So uh, that'll be fun to watch. All right, so let's do – let's go to the defensive backfield mm-hmm. um, and and give us some feedback on the D-backs here. Again, same theme in some ways. In the, yeah. As far as cornerbacks, safeties right. are a little bit older. But mm-hmm. we know about Keeley. Yeah. What Stud. Else? I think um, – one of the biggest newcomers this year that will contribute a lot, which we kind of knew last year. He had a great camp last year. Young guy, Kamari Lasseter. He'll be the other corner opposite of Keeley. And he has the potential to be just as good as Keeley. Mm-hmm. And I, a couple of my buddies that have worked with that position group over the years as managers, Jackson, Clark, Cannon Gaines, um, they have said he – 
may have the potential to be even better than Keeley. So really excited for him. I think he's going to be a hell of a contributor for a younger guy. He's a great tackler. He's extremely aggressive, flies to the ball, and that's what I think makes him just a stud on the defensive side. When you have a corner that's not afraid to get physical on the perimeter and fly up and hit somebody, that is so valuable. Mm-hmm. And so Keely and Kamari, behind them we've got basically five stars everywhere. Dalen Everett, Jaheim Singletary, Julian Humphrey, Nylon Green, Marcus Washington Jr., all very highly touted guys. Singletary, Humphrey, and Everett were basically all five stars. Nylon Green was basically a five star. So you know, same thing. Probably the highest ceiling, I think. Yeah, higher probably. than the linebacker ones. I was yeah. just yelling about. Yeah, I mean, that's you're you're just loaded up. Yeah. everybody has a five on their back, basically. Right. Um, I mean, it's it, it's impressive. Uh, it is what Kirby's done. Yeah. across the board. But I mean, mm-hmm. really, right there, especially this last year, these couple pickups for sure. We just hammered that that five star category. So, uh, be interesting to see how it plays out. I agree with you. I think Lasseter wins. The other side of the field. Yeah, uh, I think he's already won it. Yeah, I think he will. Uh, so safeties and stars, mm-hmm. safeties and stars. Uh, we've got we got some to me leadership opportunities here For because sure. of age. Yep. Now is it a, can they can they take it to the field right because mm-hmm. they're maybe older, wiser. That doesn't always translate, but a lot of times in the locker room it does. Tell us about that part. Yeah. So obviously we got Chris Smith, mm-hmm. Dan Jackson, William Poole coming back kind of the older guys in that group um, that have a lot of experience, get got meaningful reps last year. William Poole came up huge in the national championship game. Chris Smith obviously had the pick six against Clemson. Dan Jackson, Dirty Dan, he's got a ton of reps over the years. Former walk-on who's just busted his ass, had a great career at Georgia, blocked a punt against Arkansas last year, got the crowd just going nuts. I was sitting next to his mom down nice. all the way down. She was right in the end zone. Nice. Right on the on the uh, the ledge there. Nice. Um, really cool, um, really and cool then, moment. Yeah, and then after that, Malachi Starks, the five-star freshman, I've been told he's going to contribute early and often. Uh, Tyke Smith coming off of an injury last year. <clears throat> He'll play star, same with Javon Bullard and William Poole. Like, William Poole's in the star category. Same with Javon Bullard and Tyke Smith. Um, they'll all be impactful guys this year. Not sure what the rotation there is going to be. Yeah. Um, and then to round out the safeties, Ja'Cory Thomas, very talented freshman. And then David Daniel from last year. He's going to be a sophomore now. Talented guy. I think he could get some meaningful reps. I, I'm most excited out of that group. Well, I shouldn't say most excited, but excited to see Tyke. Yeah. After the coming over after the injury, working his way back, now having an impact. I mean, he's got to be ready to rock. Yeah. Um. So, what did you give them? What did you give the D back? I think B plus. Um. All right. So, I'll be right back. <laughs> Jimbo's going to take a quick two minute break here. Um. So while he's gone, how about we look at the schedule here for next year? Um, really excited uh, to have Rylan uh, Goatee on tonight. Uh, we're going to be recording that from the Decision Cave and then adding it into the show. Welcome to the Decision Cave. This is the first time that we've brought one of our guest speakers uh, on board to the Two Average Gyms podcast mm-hmm. from the Decision Cave. This is a special place for both Jimbo and myself. 
And we've got a great guest tonight. Uh, yeah. Jimbo, tell everybody who we've got with us. Yeah. So tonight, great guest, longtime friend of mine, great guy, Ryland Goaty, current UGA tight end. He's been with the team for a couple of years. He's actually got some cool stuff that he's doing off the field he's going to share with us. But great guy, Ryland, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate your time, man. Fellas, I appreciate y'all having me. I'm, I'm pumped to be on and uh, let's get after it a little bit. Of course, yeah. let's do it. So first off, I want to say congratulations on getting engaged. Huge deal. Congrats on that. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Congratulations. You, you know, you mentioned that I've been here a couple of years. I feel like I've been here for 10 years, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm engaged. I'm 22. Like some of the dudes are like, bro, how long are you going to stay around here? I'm like, yeah. easy, that was easy. It's... I'll give you some advice. As long as you can. Yeah. yeah. Exactly I, I stayed for as long as I could. Um but again, thanks for coming on. And before we get started, kind of describe to the listeners what you're doing off the field with kind of your podcast that you're starting, kind of introduce everyone to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Tate Ratledge and I uh, had an idea a couple months ago to get together and do a podcast. Basically, it, you know, we're basing off of what Busting with the Boys does um, in the NFL, okay. uh, Taylor yeah. and, and Will Compton, uh, to where basically it's just two dudes that are playing right now that can just shoot the crap, have a good time, have some good guests on. Um, we want it to be really laid back. You know, our, our title is Real Talk. Um, we kind of just want to be real about topics and stories that people might want to hear. Um, you know, a lot of people, Aaron Murray and I were talking the other day and, and, and he said something really true. You know, journalism and, and, and podcasts and all that kind of stuff are, are now being honestly going more towards like a player view like do you think of Draymond mm -hmm. Green and stuff like that and yeah you know, with your access being on the uh being on the football squad for a while um guys that have inside access it's fun to hear stories from so that's just an idea that Tate and I had we filmed our intro episode the other night um, nice looking forward to dropping that on Wednesday so uh we're super excited y'all can hit us up on the socials at real talk wrt uh so real talk with Rowan and Tate but yeah we're super excited for that awesome cool. well congrats on getting that launched Everybody go check them out. It's gonna, it's not gonna disappoint. They're two great guys. They're gonna have great stories, and um, it'll definitely be worth your while to watch. So to kind of get started, um, we had Marcus Rosemey on last week. This was kind of the first question that I asked him. But why did you start playing football, and why UGA? So was there a certain person in your life that drove you to play football? Was it you had a hero growing up that was an athlete, or you know maybe you just loved to hit people or something? So it definitely wasn't that I love to hit people. My, so my dad, <laughs> my dad actually played college ball at Liberty University and then played in the CFL for a couple of years. And so when I was younger, I always saw pictures of him and I was like, oh, I want to play football. And mm -hmm. so I think around second grade was the first time they let me get out there. Bro, I hated it. Hated <laughs> it. Wanted to quit so bad. Like I would hide. I'd come home from school and hide from my dad going to football practice. <laughs> but they made me finish out that season. I finished out that season, ended up going to play golf competitively for a couple of years. And then okay. I grew about a foot, gained about 40 pounds. And my dad was like, all right, you're putting the pads back on. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, there we go. Right. I, so then, and I actually was going to allude to that later. I know you're a good golfer. And uh, what's, what's your handicap like these days? Uh, So at the end of the summer, I got down to a seven. But okay, nice. nice. That's legit. Nice. By December, it'll probably be up to like a 13, dude. After like okay. I don't, from, from March to yeah, July, I probably play three times a week, and then from mm -hmm. August to January, I probably play a total of twice. Yeah, so I, I, I feel that I understand you there. And then, so to follow that up, so 
you know, you're a pretty highly recruited prospect, four-star tight end. During the recruiting process, you were a pretty early Georgia commit, if I remember correctly, right, in that class. Was it kind of – did you know right away it was going to be Georgia or – what kind of was that process like and, and how did you end up picking Georgia? That's a great question. Yeah. So I was, I think I was the third commit for our class. No one was first. Okay. But I, I really knew right away um, because Kirby, Coach Kirby Smart was one of the first guys that I had contact with starting my eighth grade year when he was at mm-hmm. Alabama. And then he went to Georgia my, at the end of my freshman year um, and went there. I went there for a camp and he pulled me aside and we went in his office after. And um, he was like, you know, he had a great camp. Da, 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 da. I left there, not expecting anything else. I get a call when I'm home and he's like, Hey, we're going to offer you a scholarship, but here's the deal. I don't want you to tell anybody about it for two weeks. He was like, cause I was planning on going to five or six different camps, Tennessee, Clemson, Auburn, all those places the next two mm-hmm. weeks. And he was like, I want you to see that I was the one that believed in you first. And then after these camps, you can, you know, tell people that you got an offer. And so, wow. That's really cool. Go to the camp, go to those camps. The only offer I got was from Austin P. Two weeks later, I tell a couple of my buddies that I got off from Georgia. And within the next week, I got Auburn, Tennessee, South Carolina, everybody. Wow. And I was like, all right, Coach Smart, like (laughs) you're right about this. I I mean, (laughs) I I trust you. So it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, he had me locked in from there. That's a great story. That's cool. That's so cool. cool. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you about kind of the recruiting process and stuff, you were a baseball player too. And you signed to play football and baseball at Georgia. And from my understanding, you're just football now. That's correct. Right? Yeah, dude. I don't know okay. what I was doing. Yeah, but that lasted about a year and a half. And uh so I tore my seat I tore my ACL my senior year of high school, mm-hmm. middle of football season. Had a small chance of getting drafted very low for baseball, uh, but ended up leaving, coming to Georgia early. Missed that spring of, of baseball because of my knee. Came back the next spring. Uh, and when I stepped foot back on the diamond, the first pitcher I faced was Emerson Hancock, who went, I think, second, second overall for $7 million. Yeah. So yeah. I did that for two years. And then I was like, yeah, this, uh, I can't do this anymore. So was, was that was that part of the process? Did you, did you tell Coach Smart you were going to play baseball? Like, did Coach Strickland and Coach Smart kind of – talk together that you know of or they kind of like all right this guy's going to be on both of our squads how was that process yeah it was really cool how they handled it because every time I'd come here for a visit I got to actually you know interact with both of them um, and a lot of times both of them together so that Mm -hmm. was really cool for me Um, and baseball wasn't even really an option until like my junior year of high school I was just an average baseball player and then junior year something clicked and it kind of you know snowballed and a couple of my high school coaches were like hey like you need to pursue this and so try to pursue it and then you know ultimately gave it up, but it was, it was really cool how, you know, Kirby, coach Kirby and coach Strickland kind of held that together in the recruiting process. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, and then <clears throat> talk. So, and say what you can obviously about last year, what, what do you think your like, what was your biggest takeaway or favorite part of being a part of a national championship team? The first one in 41 years, you know, is it something like the brotherhood, it's going to stick with you for forever. That team is that team's special. Um, special. So just your biggest takeaway or, or kind of your favorite part of that year. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you two answers to that. And they both kind of okay. connect, they kind of connect to each other and they relate mm-hmm. in, in some way. Number one, I would say the number one thing I'll remember most about that team in that year is the, uh, the feeling of everybody 
mattered on the team, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody had a yeah. role and everybody accepted it. And for like, for example, my freshman and sophomore year, I was miserable here. I could, mm -hmm. I was not playing miserable, just trying to figure out who I was. And last year I, I still didn't play a ton, but it was just the feeling around the locker room that like, Hey, you know, you're on scout team, but dude, that matters. Like keep mm -hmm. doing it. And yeah. you're as much a part of winning as we are. And that kind of goes hand in hand with my second answer is guys like Trayvon Walker and Nakobe Dean and Jordan Davis that were drafted like, you know, Trayvon one, one overall. Yeah. We're just good dudes. You know, mm -hmm. Trayvon, you, you see Trayvon walking on the locker room and the facility talking to custodians like they were his best. He's friend. the best guy. Uh, just such, such good people and such good dudes. And that's what made the team. So I think so special. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That, uh, it, I mean, it was, I, I tell people it's the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And it really was something special. And I agree. There was a different kind of feeling in the building of like one of the pillars connection is yeah. like, even as a, an equipment manager, I felt like we had a, a role that was important enough to where we had to execute every day, just like you guys. Absolutely. And um, so that, that was just, that was such a special season. Um, and now that we've got kind of the, hard hitting questions out of the way. We uh we have a segment called Big Jim's Quick Six Questions. So he's going to ask you six rapid fire questions. Quick six. Quick All six, right. kind of like the right. pick six in the national championship, but quick six questions. So the so it's just fast. Yeah, like rapid fire. You want the first one, my first answer? Both. Yeah. By yeah. what? First answer. All right, here we go. Favorite ice cream. Don't like ice cream. Oh, we've never got that. Hot, take. hot <laughs> take. How about that? Okay, that is impossible. Crazy. Okay, all right. Well, that's that's the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, all same. Right. Uh, okay, who do you want to be drafted by? Falcons. Okay, okay. You wear 88. If you didn't wear 88, what number? If you could walk in there and pick any number you wanted besides 88, what number you pick? Number 10. I grew up wearing number 10 because of Chipper Jones. So 10. All okay, nice. Nice. Yeah. nice. All right. Heavy Atlanta flavor here. Uh, so any sport, not football, but could be football, but any sport, what's your favorite sports team? Ooh. Grew up a huge Braves fan. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be Atlanta. Uh, let me think of something different. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm so Georgia based. I, I gotta go Braves. I don't I don't really love anything else. There we go. That's, that's good. That's, that's fine, good, man. You could have said dogs, whatever. <laughs> yeah. dogs, uh, that's good all one. right. Favorite athlete growing up? Tim Tebow. Okay. Oh, nice. yeah. All right. Nice. Jacksonville Red. guy. Heck yeah. Guy. Great guy. Incredible human. Uh all right. Lastly, we got your handicap earlier. We know you're a golfer. We know you can play. You're an athlete, obviously. What's your favorite golf course? That you played. I played. Yeah. Um, this is a toughie. I got to go with uh, Eastlake. Eastlake. Oh, okay. nice. Okay. That's yeah. a heck of a track. Yeah, what, was the, what was the sh coming? Don't tell me Shinnecock. <laughs> no, sh Sugarloaf. And okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. You made the right pick. Yeah. Eastlake. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. East Lake okay. So wild. funny story real quick. That was yeah. the last question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I hadn't broken 80 in oh years since I played competitively. And this was probably four years ago. We're at East Lake. We're playing from the the forward tees, so it doesn't even really count. But we get to 18. You know, 18 has that 
the long it's the long hole with the yeah. water and the clubhouse mm-hmm. in the background. I had to, I all I had to do was make bogey to shoot 79. Hit a beautiful drive. I hit a beautiful five wood right up to the front of the green. I'm walking up to the green. You know, Eastlake's got caddies, all kinds of stuff. I look at my caddy and my dad. I was like, we gotta save the scorecard. Like we gotta save the scorecard. I blade my chip into the clubhouse. Oh and, um, tri- yeah. Tripling triple bogeying to shoot 81. Oh, no. oh. how far <laughs> off the green were you when when you were chipping? Five yards. Oh, you could have putted it. Ten, ten was in the back right. I was in the front left. I almost went nine iron, bump and run. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get pretty with it and go six oh, degrees. Man, I'm gonna go smooth. Oh, yeah. it's so bad. Six six monster goes smooth into the clubhouse. I love it. <laughs> I hit it. I hit it. My look. I look at my dad, and my dad is just crying, laughing. Oh, I was man. like, you dog. That is. A I played great a tournament story. up there. Um, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. What a place! Oh, the history, beautiful. the whole thing. Oh, we had a we had a scoring issue at the end. It was a there was a protest. It was all kinds of uh, drama. But we ended. I think we. I think we. I don't know. Our our teammates thought we came in first, but we came in second. But oh, what a track, man! What a place! Beautiful. It's always in yeah. such good condition, too. And the tour's there this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great, Shout out. great story for the week. We got to yeah, get you out of the PJ tour. Yeah, we got to, <laughs> we got to get you, uh, we got to get you out on the links. We have some fun with some of the guys yeah. on the team. Oh, that'd be awesome. We get some good yeah. content out there. That'd be awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, that'd be awesome. We we played around with uh, Kamarda, John Setter. Um, oh, a couple Setter. of these guys. Yeah, he's uh, he's the best. We're actually teeing it up with uh, Marcus Stroud. He's our yeah, guest. former UGA our, guy. Oh way. Next week. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. He's, like, he's a him. local Jacksonville guy. We're playing with him next Monday, and then he's he's our uh, he's our guy next week as our speaker. Our yeah, that's awesome. Guest. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be a blast. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's Ryland, awesome. we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for taking the time to just do this. I know your schedule's super busy. Oh, absolutely. About to start the season. Um, again, guys, you can follow the Real Talk podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Real Talk WRT with Ryland and Tate. It's going to be awesome. You want to say anything else about the pod, real quick? Any sneak peeks um, besides the stuff you said earlier? No, man. I think I'm good. I kind of hit all kind of hit all the points, and just excited to get it going. Awesome. And then, in terms of your personal socials, where can people follow you on your personal? Social yeah, media pages. That's a great question. It's just first name, last name, Rylan Goaty. Twitter, Perfect. TikTok. That's easy. There we go. Goody. Yeah. There we go. Well, thank you again, Ryan. Everybody hit up his personal pages, their podcast. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be listening and we'd love to have you on again. Heck yeah, brother. Thank y'all so much. No problem. Thanks, thank you, that bro. That was awesome, man. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs. I mixed up my papers here, buddy. That's oh, right. We got, oh, we got gambling. Yeah, we got yeah. One eight hundred gambler. One eight hundred gambler. Don't forget about that. College football does start this week um, with some week zero action. So we wanted to pick a couple games um, before the rest of the you know the real kickoff starts. But um, with everybody, but uh, one stat. So I have a couple picks. Uh, one stat. Stats cool. This is a good, this is a good one. I want to wanna read. So this is from last year. Um, and this is typically how I kind of read over-unders at the beginning of the year because normally the defenses are ahead of the offenses, and I've always thought the under normally hits. So just listen to this stat. Last year, there were nine opening weekend games with a total of 65 or higher. 
seven unders hit, one over hit, and one pushed. So, if you're looking at high total games to start the year, the under is the way to go. Six, it totals at 65 or more. Um, so, a couple of picks that we wanted to give out. That are not over-unders. Right? That are these not are, over-unders. These, are, these, are, these are, are spread picks. These are week zero spread picks. Week zero picks. spread picks. Um, we College got, football starting. Yeah, it is. Time to I get fired up. Yeah, let's go. Um, so, our, the three games that I wanted to look at for week zero were the West Virginia-Pittsburgh game, Northwestern and Nebraska, and then Hawaii and our SEC ally Vanderbilt. So, for these three games... I'm going with the West Virginia spread. We're going to back our former dog and teammate JT Daniels at West Virginia. It's a big rivalry game. It hasn't been played in a while. That that rivalry means a lot to a lot of people, oh, yeah. West Virginia game. Pitt. So I just think since it's a rivalry game, we don't really know much about West Virginia or Pitt yet. I think it'll be a close game. And um, I think uh, I think JT Daniels should play pretty well. So, um for Vandy and Hawaii, it's in Hawaii, and Vanderbilt's favored by six and a half. Um, Hawaii must be terrible. I'm taking Hawaii because I I thought that may have been wrong. I, there, I mean, there's just no way Vanderbilt can be favored by six and a half over somebody. Yeah, I, I don't think like that. That makes no horrible. sense. But it's in Hawaii, so I'm thinking travel, t- travel. Uh, you know, opening game of the year. Okay. Take the Rainbow Warriors. Also, there's a couple Georgia transfers on Hawaii. Colby Wyatt and Hugh Nelson. Great guys. Um, so, take Hawaii. I, I just, I, I don't think I could get behind Vandy being favored, really, ever. And they're in trouble. I mean, Vandy's yeah. not in a good spot. So, no. I think, I like that one. And then, for uh, Northwestern Nebraska, this game is in Ireland. Pretty cool setup. Um, Nebraska always has these expectations of being really good because of Scott Frost. He's de- they've done nothing. Yeah, they're, they're not good. They, they, I don't think they're very good. They're favored by 13 in this game. I'm taking Northwestern plus 13 because, one, they're going to Ireland. Northwestern is in Chicago. I think there's just an aura of having all of the – Irish Chicago people behind you. So I think they'll play pretty well. I like that. Um, But also, it's science right there. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I just, I don't like Nebraska. They brought in Casey Thompson from Texas. I I just don't think Nebraska is very good. They got, they got hit with violations last year. They had to fire staff members. And it's a, when you have to travel that far for a game to Ireland, like, I, I just think 13 is a lot. Yeah. And Pat Fitzgerald is a hell of a coach at Northwestern. He always has the guys ready. And if you ask anyone in the Big Ten, the place they hate to play the most is at Northwestern. I know this isn't at Northwestern, but because Northwestern, no matter how good or bad they are that year, they always play tough, Mm -hmm. and they always are scrappy. So 13 was just a little too much for me. Um, And uh, I'm going to be taking Northwestern and pulling for him too. Chicago See, roots. Yeah, Chicago roots. Sure, uh, you know, right, right, uh, you know, Papa, Mimi and Papa, right, yeah. on the, right, oh, on, yeah. right down the street, right yeah. in the backyard yeah. of old Ryan Field. Thank you the, to Doctor Jennings. Oh yeah, for always listening and give us yeah. feedback. We yeah. really appreciate that. Yeah, Doctor and Mrs. Jennings, both yep. of them. Thank yep. you guys. Thank you guys. 
Um, so let's get this straight here. So you got three games in week zero. Yep. You got West Virginia Pitt. Mm-hmm. You got West Virginia. They've got a Georgia transfer. Yeah. You got Hawaii Vandy. You go Hawaii. They got two Georgia transfers. Yeah. And then you got Northwestern Nebraska. Exactly. South of Chicago, <laughs> Irish. <laughs> Mimi and Papa's backyard. I'm not an emotional better. It's I not swear. like he's betting with his heart at all. <laughs> I just want to point that out. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have any issues. If Jimbo's picks don't come through for I had, you. I had some decent data behind those. I see. But they're, you know, they were probably mostly, mostly emotional. But if you want to ride with us, ride it. If you want to fade us. Fade us. I forgot. See, it. see what I, we I, got. Yeah, I forgot. The that. under stat was real though. That's a good stat. Actually, oh, listen to that. We're one. all over that deal. Apparently, we're all over all of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just really good at this whole thing. So, um, Jimbo, I think that's about it for episode three. Um, yeah, we got the big show next week. Yep. Mark is coming on. Big show. Football's coming. Mm-hmm. It will have started right week zero. Yeah. Uh, we'll be. We're what. Uh, we're only ten days out, and we head for Las Vegas. To yeah, make sure it's we gonna get be great. Set up for the big game. It's gonna be great against the Ducks. Um, we'll have a little content for you guys from out there as well. Maybe a few surprises. Yep. Um, might even have some giveaways by then. We're still waiting. Yeah. So I think uh, I think that's all, man. Position groups it. went good. It went good. We'll get Rylan we, on later and add yeah, him in. Yeah, we got a couple mm. listeners coming to visit this weekend, so hopefully uh, you guys are driving down right now listening to this. So shout out Austin, Cade, Dom, and Weston. Looking forward to seeing you guys and giving you a little tour of the studio. Yep. And uh, if any other listeners want to come down and hang out with us, just hit us up. Bring it. Hit us up. Great show, Jimbo. Yeah. Uh, episode three is in the books. Jimmy Evans, as always, <laughs> my friend. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much, Jimmy. Cheers to you. Go dogs, as Go we dogs, always say. Go dogs, baby. Go dogs. See you guys next week. See you next time. <laughs>